TED Audio Collective. So that just sounds like a really cute company with a lot of people being a pain in their ass. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry to have been a small part of that pain. That's appreciated, honestly, Amanda, to hear you say that. And honestly, when you were describing like your own background and like what you do, like, so it's just like, we should be friends with this person. You're, you're basically describing us. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Welcome back to Conversations with People Who Hate Me, the show where I take negative online interactions or otherwise contentious relationships and turn them into offline chats. I'm your host, Dylan Marin. So this podcast is all about reminding each other that there is a human on the other side of the screen. And you're probably familiar with that exact line, because that's the tagline. You can hear it at the end of every single episode. Because, as we've seen for the last five years of this podcast, behind every online profile is a thinking, breathing, feeling human being. Well, except for bots, but you get the idea. Social media makes it very easy to forget that the people we pass online are, in fact, people. But what about companies? When we scroll past a sponsored ad online, there isn't really a human being behind that, right? Surely it's just some faceless corporate entity hawking a product to us, and not anyone who has, like, feelings. Today's episode answers those questions with maybe. Matt and Meredith are the husband and wife team behind the apparel company Boardwalk. They sell shirts that boast progressive slogans like feminist is my second favorite F-word, support your local library, and nevertheless, she persisted. Like most modern companies, they advertise on social media, and it was on social media that a woman named Amanda came across one of their sponsored ads, an ad that showcased hoodies that represented Boardwalk's progressive values, and she commented, if you have these values, you shouldn't buy from some cheap-ass sponsored ad, but okay. Maybe you're thinking that this is a totally silly premise for an episode. It's just a sponsored ad. Get over it. That's you in your head thinking that. But you'll actually quickly find that this comment launched all four of us, me, Matt, Meredith, and Amanda, into a really fascinating conversation about surviving in the digital marketplace, socioeconomic anxiety, and why we take our big anger at the system out on individual people instead. And on the subject of ads, please indulge me, I am contractually obligated to inform you that my book, also titled Conversations with People Who Hate Me, very convenient for you to remember, is coming out on March 29th, 2022, and it's actually available for pre-sale now. It is both an intimate account of my journey through making this show and an atlas on how to navigate difficult conversations of your own. 
Ashley C. Ford, the New York Times best-selling author of Somebody's Daughter and just an amazing person, said that this book shifted something in her forever. To pre-order the book, you'll see a pre-sale link in the description of this episode, or Google to your heart's content. Okay, 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 that is it for my ad. Now we can finally move on to this lovely episode that is also about ads. So let's start by getting to know the people behind the apparel company, Boardwalk. Okay, hi, Matt, Meredith, hello, and welcome to this little show. Thank you for having us. How are you guys doing today? I think we're doing okay. We got to leave work a little bit early to come record with you, so that's fun. <laughs> I get that. So um, tell me about you two as a couple, how you met, who you each are, how you started Boardwalk, all of that beautiful stuff. Um, so Meredith and I uh, are the co-founders and owners of a little e-commerce apparel brand called Boardwalk. Mm -hmm. And we just design original graphic apparel, housewares, decor items, that kind of thing. Um, but we actually met back in 2004. Mm -hmm. We hung around a lot of the same music venues, kept running into each other, like, all the time, even though we weren't meeting on purpose until eventually we decided <laughs> to start meeting on purpose mm -hmm. um, and started hanging out. Um, and eventually we started dating, got married. At the time, we both had these two separate careers. I worked in tech. Matt was a graphic designer. We both became pretty fed up with our respective day jobs. And eventually, Meredith was making enough in tech that she was just like, why don't you see if you can turn this little hobby that we had designing weird stuff into mm -hmm. a real job. And I did that as best as I could by myself for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And um, then she joined me. Um, I don't know. Mostly we're into cocktails. Monster <laughs> movies. Monster, Monster movies. movies. Okay, good. Art. Love. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it, it's both a creative outlet and our primary means of income. It's our, mm. really our only means of income now. How would you describe the voice of Boardwalk T-shirts? progressive mm -hmm. dark humor dark humor not particularly optimistic <laughs> but there's still a sliver of kind of bemused hopefulness mm -hmm. in most of what we do at least i guess that's how i would describe it so to be clear you guys don't have a brick and mortar store right we have an office in a warehouse, but it's not a store you can walk into and shop in. Um, but in terms of where your yeah, where your revenue comes from, it's from online sales, right? It's from online. Yeah, we sell two stores, and they carry our stuff, so like boutiques and things like that, but not one of our own. So to sell online, that means you have to be engaging in digital marketing. Mm -hmm. Yes, and also sponsored ads. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know where I'm getting here. How, how do you feel about that? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Or or do not even think about it? And you're just like, oh yeah, you know, like this is part of having a digital business. You buy digital ads, and that's how it goes. We hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, honestly, I mean, yeah, it, it is. It is a fact of our lives that we have to do it because when we did first start selling stuff online, we didn't really have any kind of marketing game plan in place at all. We just put stuff up on our website and on our little Etsy shop and we hoped for the best. Mm -hmm. And when we made the decision to just focus on e-commerce and just selling stuff online, we realized that we had to learn how to do the marketing side of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is what eventually led us to hire some people to basically train us on how to do 
how to run Facebook ads and how to run Instagram ads and yeah. how to set up like a email good, marketing. Yeah, a good email marketing campaign. So advertising digitally, you know where I'm going here, but advertising digitally uh, draws feedback from customers. And most importantly, the the mystifying thing about digital advertising is that it draws feedback from non-customers. <laughs> um, and people are enabled and in, allowed to share their opinions. So what does the feedback look like for you guys? The overwhelming majority of the feedback that we get is positive. But when we do get that negative feedback, we just fixate on it and we ruminate about it. And it will really ruin, if not our day, sometimes our entire week. Mm. Because there's that one person that just hate, that, that apparently hates everything about us. Yeah. How do the negative comments feel? Um, I mean, man, that's a, that's a hard question that no one's ever actually asked me. And mm-hmm. I have to think about the answer. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No, um, no, no. This is, I love it. How do negative comments make us feel? Um, I think maybe misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating because I can't reason with this person who's making this assumption about us and what we do. Um, sometimes I, I, I do feel a little sad because some of, sometimes the things that people say are particularly hurtful. And, you know, it, it, it can be a bit re-triggering uh, when it, in terms of like things I experienced as a young kid to have that, these same sentiments revisited upon me as an adult, even though the, the circumstances are wildly different. What is some of the stuff that you're referring to as a kid? Um, I mean, I, I was raised by a single mom with a drug problem who didn't handle the pressures of being a single mom with a drug problem very well. And so there was some physical and sexual abuse and, um, you know, she loved me in her own way and, but she was a very flawed person and it still is a very difficult thing, uh, to experience people telling me that I'm not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I get that. Um, so not too long ago, a stranger commented on a sponsored post of yours, and she wrote, referring to the T-shirts that it was advertising, if you have these values, uh, ostensibly progressive values, you shouldn't buy from some cheap-ass sponsored ad, but okay. So how does it feel to hear something like that? it's just weird to me that because of whatever they have built up in their mind about companies that advertise on Facebook, regardless of size, regardless of what they're selling, regardless of what their company mission is, what their values are, that that would be what they thought was an appropriate thing to say. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, the thing that's frustrating to me about that kind of commentary is that it can have really negative consequences for the businesses that are on the receiving end of those. Like Mm -hmm. I said, we have five other people that depend on the success of our business for paying their bills, making sure that they're able to put food on the table, making sure that they are able to, you know, afford clothes beyond the stuff that they're able to get from work. (laughs) Um, And if people see that kind of stuff, that might make them think twice about 
purchasing from us. And so it does feel like a bit of a personal attack, not just on me, but on everyone that is associated with Meredith and I, including the people on our team directly, but also Duran, the mail guy that picks up from us every afternoon from Mm -hmm. the local post office, Mm -hmm. you know, the people that sell us the inks that we print with the shirt that yeah. we, the shirts that we print on it impacts other people besides us and so it 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 is very frustrating for me so the person who wrote this comment her name is amanda and you're about to speak to amanda how are you feeling about that i'm intrigued i'm pretty much on the same page with matt um i because it's not something I do or a behavior I can understand. I guess I'm curious as to how this person can explain their behavior to us. Um, mm-hmm. Matt and I try to kind of understand what goes on in the minds of the people that leave us the comments that they leave. So this will be, I guess, a good insight. Yeah. So I'm about to talk to Amanda, um, but just hang tight and then we'll all talk together. Sound good? Sure. Yeah. Hello? Oh, hey, Amanda. Yes, hello. Hi, how are you? It's Dylan. I am doing wonderful. How are you? I'm good. You're packing for your big trip. Oh, I sure am. Okay. Wait, I don't think we covered where you're going. So I'm going with my boyfriend. We're flying into LAX and oh. spending a few days with my friend Logan down in Laguna Hills oh. and then a few days in West Hollywood. <gasps> okay, glam. Amanda, I love this. Right? <laughs> oh my what? God. You got to leave Appalachia sometimes and live it up. Oh, honey, you got to <laughs> leave Appalachia. That's the um, new tagline <laughs> of this show is you got to leave Appalachia sometimes. Um, you sure do. That is amazing. Can you just tell me a little about your day, just so I can get some sound levels right now on you? Yeah, so I woke up at the crack of noon, and I did some laundry. <laughs> did you say crack of noon? I sure did. Okay, Amanda, proud of you. Thank you. Um, so this is all perfect. Your levels are wonderful. So, hey, well, first of all, I just wanted to start, how are you feeling? This is just a relaxed one, just you and me, but how, how are you feeling in your heart? I am feeling good in my heart. No palpitations or <laughs> irregular beats so far. Okay. Well, that I mean, we, we also pray for health, you know, so there's that. Right. Um, but this is the standard question I always ask on every one of these calls. But, you know, I'd love to get to know you. So in only as many details as you're comfortable sharing on a podcast that will one day be shared with many listeners, um, tell me about you. Well, I'm 27, and Mm -hmm. my boyfriend and I live together in Southeast Ohio, and we have two cats. I am an overnight supervisor at a university library where I also went to school for creative writing. Um, Eight months out of the year, I work overnights at the college library as a supervisor, Mm -hmm. which ranges from being extremely boring to filling out police reports. Mm. Even just (laughs) yesterday, I came into work to work an afternoon shift. The first thing the other supervisor says to me is, the cops just left. Someone was masturbating on the fifth floor. No. So that's just life at a library. You know, sometimes it's very wholesome and nice yeah. helping people find books. And sometimes crazy things happen and we have to think on our feet. And yeah. So all police reports. <laughs> um, okay. So this is wonderful. We're getting a, a beautiful background, a three-dimensional view of Amanda. Um, what would you say your relationship is to social media? I... I feel like social media is a cruel mistress in my life. I tend Mm -hmm. to either use it in a really positive way Mm -hmm. or in a really negative way. Mm -hmm. 
I recently was on what I would call a fitness journey and was very public about the ups and downs of it and have tried to continue to be, which has been so helpful for me. But then at the same time, it's easy to kind of use the internet as like somewhat of a punching bag. I try not to be too much of a bully or anything, but yeah. like I feel like sometimes if I'm in a bad mood, it's easy to find somebody who I see as a villain, like a uh, is a great example for me. So Amanda just named a conservative Twitter personality. I bleeped her name because she's not on this phone call, but you get the shape of the kind of person she's talking about. She says racism isn't real, and she's transphobic. She Mm -hmm. attacks people. It's easy for me to say something mean to her on the internet. That doesn't make me feel bad, but it's still not good. I don't feel good about it really either. So what we're getting is that... um or what I'm hearing here is that you identify as uh, progressive, as liberal, and so the villains you're identifying are are more conservative people who are upholding perhaps um, – is that is that a fair read? Yeah, yeah. When people bully sex workers or trans people, you know, I'm like, I can bully you too. You know, maybe those people don't have a voice to stand up for themselves. But I did learn that sometimes I could have some preconceived notions (laughs) about a business. What makes you think that on a show that you might be on to talk about that exact thing? Yeah. Um, Well, you you did the segue better than I could have. Um, But you come across a sponsored post for a company called Boardwalk T-Shirts. So this is a socially progressive T-shirt company. And the caption of this was, we will not go quietly back into the 1950s. And there were two shirts that they were advertising. One was a Handmaid's Tale hoodie and the other was Voting is for Lovers. So this is a company that seems to have similar ideals that you and I have, Amanda. Um, But do you remember where you were when you came across this ad? I don't know if I remember where I was when I came across that ad, but that was not the first ad I saw from that company. Yeah. So the first time I saw an ad from them, I was at work and it was an ad for their hoodie. That's mm-hmm. that one of their hoodies. I think they have more than one that says, uh, support your local library. Mm-hmm. And then I clicked on it and it looked like to be of nice quality. Mm-hmm. I didn't like dig around the site too much, but I saw that it was almost $50 and I kind of scoffed and thought, well, anyone that wants to support their local library could give like 10% of that to the library and really help someone instead of buying this hoodie mm-hmm. that just says that they help. And I think that's what I was actually angry at, mm. not that company, but this idea of like performative progressivism mm. where some people want to just wear a shirt mm-hmm. that's like, I'm woke. I mm-hmm. like to help. I'm mm-hmm. a good person. But sometimes it feels like that's kind of like a false A falsehood. Not everyone. Obviously, some people wear those shirts and they're super badass and they support their local library. Mm -hmm. But I just think I was more mad at what some of those can represent. And, you know, I think progressive crowds can sometimes be the toughest critics because we're always challenging ourselves, hopefully, and other people usually to be better. Yeah. Do you think that's why we infight so much? I do. Yeah. I think we all get kind of excited about this path to make the world better Mm. and can sometimes knock things down along the way instead of look around and see who we could take with us or what other ways there are to go. Yeah. 
um, you know, this is all leading to the comment, and you wrote, um, and I quote, if you have these values, you're referring to the hoodie and the uh, vo- voting is for lovers t-shirt, um, if you have these values, you shouldn't buy from some cheap-ass sponsored ad, but okay. <laughs> so do you, do you remember what was going through your mind as you wrote that? Well, I do remember that I was like kind of in a bad mood that day. I don't think I am uh, as quick to talk shit on a sponsored ad. Mm-hmm. I've been having a great day. Mm-hmm. But I think it was actually like workplace frustration. Mm-hmm. And I took it out, you know, not on the right people slash the right company. Listen, it introduced me to you. And for that, I am grateful. So, you know, me too. I wouldn't totally take it back because this is pretty cool. Yeah. But I don't mean it anymore. Right, right, right. But, you know, for for the for the sake of well, I was going to say for the sake of this podcast, but also for the sake of truth, you you at least meant it then. Yeah, I did mean it then. Yeah. So, you are about to speak to the people behind the t-shirt company. How are you feeling about talking to them? I am very excited, a little nervous. So I hope that they're in a in a mood to reconcile and find <laughs> common ground because I am. Yeah, well, I I actually think politically there's only common ground that's shared. Oh yeah, that's going to be a great little chat. I know. I'm really really excited for it. And hey, big thing, enjoy the trip. Oh yes, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon, Amanda. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Bye. Bye. Now that I've spoken to both Matt and Meredith and Amanda separately, it's time to connect them to each other. But first, let's take a quick break. Before we continue, I just want to say thanks for being here. Also, you can be on this show too. Has someone said something negative about you online, or maybe you've said something negative about someone else? Either way, after this episode is over, go to www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com where you can fill out a guest form. And if you don't want to be on this show, that is totally cool. I appreciate you just the same. Maybe consider telling a friend about this show. Word of mouth has brought this podcast around the world, so your recommendation goes a long way. All right. We are back. Now, as we left off, I am about to connect Matt and Meredith and Amanda to each other right now. Hello. 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 Oh, hi. We're all here. This is so exciting. Just quickly before we launch into it, Amanda, can you hear me? Yes, I can. And Matt and and Meredith, can you hear me? I can hear you. Matt? I can hear you. Okay, great. And then Amanda, can you hear Matt and Meredith? I can. Okay, Matt and Meredith, can you hear Amanda? Yes. (laughs) Yes, we can. Magic. Okay, well, we did it, friends. So let's dive right into it. Um, We've covered a lot of ground on our solo calls, and I feel like I've gotten to know you. The point of this portion of the call is for you all to get to know each other. I typically say you too, but now we have a, a kind of two and one situation, and that's wonderful. So Matt and Meredith, let's start with you. I would love to kind of hear a quick introduction about who you guys are, uh, briefly individually, but also you as a couple, and then you as business owners. So go for it. Um, 
My name is Matt Snow. Now, in this portion of the call, Matt, Meredith, and Amanda all get to know each other, but you've just heard all of this, and your time is precious. So I'm going to fast forward to the part where Amanda gives us a little more context about the day she was having when she wrote the comment. It must have been over the university's winter break because I was working day shifts. I go between night shifts and day shifts. And we are in the middle of all the different news about how understaffed we would be, how much we would have to change around the hours, how much the budget cuts of the university might or might not affect us. We, in fact, had just before that kind of seen this projected budget cut where there'd be a chance that our jobs would essentially not exist anymore in about a year. So I think it was definitely the kind of day where I was just feeling big frustrated and small frustrated, if that makes sense. Yeah. Macro, micro. Mm -hmm. I get it. So, um, Matt and Meredith, do you at all remember even programming that specific sponsor data, or, or was that perhaps a, a different um, staffer? No, I. Uh, this is Matt. I, I actually do all of our Facebook ads, and so that was that was mm-hmm. me uh, directly. That uh, was the one that was responsible for that ad. Um, you know, I definitely can empathize with your reticence to buy into what you have eloquently described as performative progressivism. Uh, That is definitely a thing. I think that there are a lot of online companies and just companies in general that have no qualms whatsoever about catering to every potential side of the political spectrum. So they have no qualms about having progressive stuff and really conservative stuff within their same site. But I also can totally empathize with your frustration. Um, You know, even though we are self-employed with regards to the business, we have really bad days and sometimes weeks and sometimes months where we're like, I don't know if we're going to be able to keep the lights on. We may have to lay people off because we're just, you know, for whatever reason, like our ads just aren't hitting the right people. I I can totally understand your frustration with what you described going on at your, in your work life. Well, yeah, I just, you know, it's crazy from my perspective to imagine a company that would show you a sponsored ad having a moment where they're thinking about if they can even keep going. I guess I never considered that a small business in a sense, you know, like a, a, a business that is not like Amazon or Facebook. Like I think a lot of people imagine the companies we see in sponsored ads, you know, you, you have the same workplace struggles as I do. And I didn't think about that even as I was trying on purpose to think about the common ground that we had preparing to talk to you guys. So that's really interesting to hear. I feel it too, to be totally honest with you, when you see an ad, because presentationally, the ad for Boardwalk t-shirts looks the same as Amazon. It is served to you in the same way. It's a picture of a product with the like white frame of a Facebook post, and it says, buy now. So Just as I don't think that social media is necessarily designed for us to see nuance, I also know that social media isn't designed for us to see backstory. Do you think that played into it, Amanda? I mean, I think it did. And I think that in so many ways, we we are very, as progressives at least, like prone to not want to see companies as people at all. Mm -hmm. And so I think your idea is interesting and I agree with it. But at the same time, I think that's something that a lot of people have to talk themselves into in any degree is to mm-hmm. to see a company as made up of people and not assume that mm-hmm. it's just some evil profit driven 
you know, Reagan era Coke fueled <laughs> monster. And not, not everything is like that in capitalism, but we, we have to like put effort into not seeing companies that way. I think a lot of people at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I think, I think this, um, com- seeing companies as people, now it feels like I'm turning into a hardcore capitalist podcast. <laughs> <laughs> companies are people, damn it. Actually, my next guest <laughs> is just Amazon, the entity. Um, <laughs> so, well, no, I think you, you said that beautifully, Amanda. I do actually think that companies are populated by people and created by people. So, uh, Matt, Meredith, tell us about the, uh, people that make up this company you guys individually and, and namelessly, since they're not on this call, other other employees? Um, well, we're in the LA suburbs. It's where our office is. And we have four women that work in our office who we have a great time hanging out with every day. Uh, two of them do customer service emails and um, pack up orders. And two of them print things for us during the day. And then we have two remote team members. Uh, one does, just does intellectual property enforcement because people are stealing our art. And the other one uh, works on partnerships with us with like ambassadors and things like that. Um, so that's the team as it stands right now. Um, and it's, it's a fun place to work, honestly. Like I think we all come in and have a good time at work every day. I hear from my team that they really like their jobs and love working there. Um, yeah, we don't have a lot of turnover because people that usually join our team, it's like a fun little company culture and we have a good time hanging out with each other and making cool art. Amanda, now hearing that, how does that reconcile with what you thought the company was before? I mean, I honestly have already looked a lot into the company to kind of realize how wrong I was and hearing <laughs> how small they are and how even with such a small staff, they still have to have one person whose job it is to make sure no one's stealing their art. Like, I didn't think about it like that, about like the creative yeah. end of that and how easy it is for that to happen either way. Like, so that just sounds like a really cute company with a lot of people being a pain in their ass. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry to have been a small part of that pain. That's appreciated, honestly, Amanda, to hear you say that. And honestly, when you were describing like your own background and like what you do, like working at the university and you just like to cook in your spare time and hang out with your cats, I was just like, we should be friends with this person. You're you're basically describing us. <laughs> and Amanda, just to be totally clear, I think you know this because you know how we've spoken on the phone and you, you seem to be familiar with this podcast. This is so not a shaming show, right? Like you, you did exactly what these platforms encourage us to do. And what these platforms encourage us to do is act on our um, most impulsive opinion in the moment. And then they give us tools to vocalize and verbalize those feelings right in the moment. So I don't think you are by any means this like horrible witch who has like done this thing that no one has done on social media. I think on the contrary, you do this thing that all of us do on social media. No, yeah, I knew I wasn't going to get gotcha or anything on the call. No, yeah, and I, I love this opportunity to kind of, you know, have a big reminder to myself to be more conscious before I criticize especially something on the internet, but just in general to, to save my criticism for when it's thoughtful and productive. And, uh, I think for me, um, I, my socioeconomic status can sometimes make me a little overcritical of like other people and the way that they choose to be progressive. Hmm. I think that lower income people are sometimes told by other progressives things that they should be doing that aren't realistic when you don't have a lot of extra money, like maybe Hmm. vegan people insisting that everyone should be vegan 
when not everyone can afford it. And obviously most of my vegan friends are super laid back and make the best stir fry and would never say things like that. (laughs) But I think that since I have this low socioeconomic status and I perceive frequently that other people are kind of looking down on me, that I do it to other people that I perceive as having more than me. So it's easy for me to look at some company and say, why aren't you doing a better job? Right. Mm -hmm. Because in my idea, in my head, in that moment, they have so much more than me. And I feel like I'm doing my best. So I have these expectations that they that other people with more should be doing more. And that's not fair, because I, first of all, don't know shit about what people have from social media company or not. And even if I did, like I could never know their own abilities to do things to help other people because we all have to still have our own mental space for ourselves. But I guess in this case, it was more like that first, like support your local libraries hoodie I saw is I think more what I was thinking about that day because I was like, damn, yeah, support this local library. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like I'm struggling right now. These people want me to buy a $47 hoodie, you know, like I can't do that. And I wish I could, like, I wish I could just, cause I looked at it and damn, it looks so nice. I want that hoodie Mm -hmm. now. (laughs) But in my head, I think sometimes there is like a little bit of like resentment or jealousy because it's almost like, dude, I can't have that right now. Like, just leave me alone. I can't buy anything right now. I'm like struggling, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I can totally understand that. Um, you know, and I know that we don't have the cheapest prices on the internet. A lot of that that is almost entirely a function of we need to make sure that we're doing right by our team and, you know, that we're paying them not just a living wage, but hopefully more than a living wage. And also, you know, taking great pains to make sure that we don't expect anyone to, you know, work more than 40 hours a week and that we are able to be flexible when they need time off or when they need to, you know, leave early or something like that. Um yeah, I, I, I get it. And especially when you're online and you're just trying to interact with your friends and you're like every like fourth or fifth post is like some sponsored ad and someone's trying to sell you something and you're just like, I'm just trying to swap recipes with my buddy or whatever it is. I, I totally get that. I, as a result, most of the time I don't scroll through my feed very much. I, I have like some core friends that I follow. So I get notifications when they post stuff, but yeah, I don't want to be confronted with the commodification of existence any more than you do. I totally get that. Yeah. And to the idea of like, oh, we just have everything and we're super rich. Matt and I, I mean, running a business is a roller coaster. And like, I don't want to get too into the weeds about explaining that how it all works. But basically, in order to grow a business, sometimes you have to spend basically all of your money to grow it. And so Matt and I have had years where our personal income has literally been zero dollars. And we're like living off of like savings. You know, it's not like Matt and I are just like, swing around the Scrooge McDuck money bin and, um, you know, <laughs> living, living the dream. I wish it was that way. It's not that way at all. If um, we were, we would invite mm-hmm. you to live with us, Amanda. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm looking for a place in LA. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And I know a lot of other entrepreneurs that are in that position where it's like, yeah, you know, I doubled my sales this year, but in order to do it, I had to reinvest every penny and I made no money this year. Or, you know, Matt and I have months where, you know, Facebook's just not working properly. And so our ads are just not profitable. And we're like $20,000 in the red that month or something. And that's scary. And yeah, sure. In my dream world, like capitalism would be heavily regulated and we wouldn't have to, you know, fret so much about like, you know, commodifying every little thing. That's not the world we live in. Um, So I think the notion that like all these people that are running online businesses are just making all this money is not true. Right. And I think I, I, most of the time I, I know that that's not true. 
I think it's just when I really feel too caught in financial or other related stress to like see clearly in general, that's when those frustrations can come out. And obviously I can only speak for myself because now when I look at the designs, like they are so eye catchy and poppy and they're nice. It's beautiful art. And I do agree with a lot of the ideas, but I think I do overthink my own sense of progressivism and do accidentally do these purity tests. So it's, you know, I have to compartmentalize those things when I see those ads and know that there are people who have the resources to both buy that and literally support their local library. Those people exist and should be able to buy those hoodies by the thousands. (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's something that Matt and I spend a lot of time thinking about. And, um, even with regard to pricing, like, you know, we do try to have pricing that's accessible, but also we're constrained by how much does postage cost? How much does ink cost? How much does it cost us to pay employees a living wage? Uh, we offer free exchanges because we're trying to offer a good customer experience. How much does all that cost us? So if we wanted to, you know, if we wanted to drastically lower our prices, we couldn't do all those things. Um, so it's not just a function mm-hmm. of like, I'm going to charge these high prices and make so much money. It's more like how much do I actually need to charge to serve all those goals? Right. And I think for me, I do try in like most parts of my life to spend more money so that I can support people who I know share values, which I think a good example is like trying to go to the farmer's market before I go to like a big chain grocery store. So I, you know, I love Mm -hmm. to spend the $3 on the organic avocado, but sometimes I can't even afford the shitty little one. So I think it's like that for me with clothing too. (laughs) So it's not that I looked at that Mm -hmm. and thought that it was like overpriced or an inappropriate price. It's just that like, I cannot afford any clothes sometimes at all. Most of the time, you know, gotta mm-hmm. wait for, uh, for Christmas mm-hmm. for Santa. <laughs> mm-hmm. I totally get what you're saying. I think part of it is we've been conditioned by the Walmartization of it all over the last like 20 or 30 years to expect those prices everywhere. And, you know, they're able to leverage this economy of scale where they're buying like millions and millions and millions of units and they're able to like get stuff down to just pennies on the dollar relative to what we're able to do. Um, you know, there are a lot of, uh, a lot of emotional and psychological, uh, gymnastics that we have to go to in terms of making sure that we are doing right by the people that we're trying to put our art in front of while not feeling so craven and money grubbing (laughs) with what we're doing. But (laughs) yeah, yeah. Meredith, you, you said something on this call that I really just think sums up this whole thing. And you said, I would love to not commodify every little thing, but that's just not the world we live in. And I think that gets to the heart of everything we're talking about here, that we're all just trying to do our very best given the circumstances. And we can't express our anger and frustration at the circumstances, capital T, capital C. So instead we, you know, kind of get it out on each other. And and I think we're all kind of figuring out how to kind of survive in the current system we're living in. And everyone who does anything for money, takes a job or creates work for themselves or creates a company for themselves or creates a project for themselves has to like figure out how they balance that and how they do that as ethically as possible. Absolutely. Yeah, completely. I mean, if there's one thing that I hope that everyone here, but also just anyone listening takes away, um, it's just that like, let's focus on our common enemy. That's like a much bigger problem than any like minor squabbles. We have with people who largely agree with us because 
focusing on that common enemy will make us much more productive in terms of doing something about it. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this, you know, if the theme of this call is that we all have to figure out our own little solutions to bigger problems, you know, temporary solutions to big macro problems, I have one small idea, small, small, small idea that I can do on this call, which is, um, so as you know, and, and now listeners can know, it is traditionally unethical to uh, pay podcast guests, so I can't be paying you for your time. But Amanda, you did say that you, you mentioned that you would love uh, support your local library hoodie? Yeah. Okay, so what I can do is I <laughs> can buy the hoodie from Boardwalk and then send it to you, Amanda. Aww. Boardwalk is getting business, and then I can send it to you as a thank you. It's my thank you to both of you. So that's our own little temporary solution for this oh, beautiful Dylan. little space <laughs> that we've created here. No, I think I think that's great. That's so sweet. That's very kind of you, Dylan. So if, if, if we've gotten nothing out of this call, we have the fact that you have one new sale of a sweatshirt and a Amanda, you have a one new sweatshirt. So <laughs> this is all very exciting. So you think you got me, but really this is just been me <laughs> scamming all of you for a free hoodie. So I really think oh I'm my the winner God. here. <laughs> Amanda, you put a lot of work in for a free hoodie. I got to say, this is <laughs> this is a long con. Um, all right. Well, this has been truly, truly wonderful. Are there any final things you want to say to each other? I would just like to say, Amanda, it was really nice to, to meet you. I mean, I guess in as much as we can being so far away from each other physically. And like I said, yeah, it sounds like we would actually be really good friends if we lived closer together. Um, and I'm glad that this had a happy ending um, because we we want to please the people that see our ads, um, even if they aren't necessarily ready to buy something. Most of the time when I'm writing the copy, I'm just like, I hope I make someone giggle or feel seen or empowered. Um so it was it was really nice to meet you, and I hope that we can you know continue in, engaging with one another you know on the internet in like a friendly and respectful way, and you know feel free to comment on our ads again, and you know if you ever do catch us doing something and you think like hey you could be better, send us a DM and we'll do what we can. <laughs> right, we'll do it in private. We'll hash it out in private. No, but yeah, it was so it was so lovely to talk to both of you. And next time I'm in LA, we'll have to do tacos for sure. Yes, yes. definitely. <laughs> Let us know if you're here and we will take you to our favorite taco places. Amazing. I love this. Okay, what an incredible way to end this conversation. I, I really appreciate all of you coming on this call today and, and we'll all see each other on the internet. Sound good? Yeah, thanks again. All thanks right. Thanks for having us. Okay, thanks everyone. Thanks, bye. 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 If you have an idea for a conversation for this show, head on over to www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com and fill out the brief submission form. Conversations with People Who Hate Me is a part of the TED Audio Collective. This episode was mixed by Vincent Cascione. The theme song is These Dark Times by Caged Animals. The logo was designed by Philip Blackowl with a photo by Mindy Tucker. And this show is made by me, Dylan Marin. You can pre-order Conversations with People Who Hate Me, the book, by following the link in the description of this episode, or you can buy it wherever you buy books. Thank you so much for listening. And guess what? We are weekly now, so stay tuned next week for a brand new conversation. And until then, remember, 
there's a human on the other side of the screen. Dark times. Make it through these dark times.